Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Joe Mosley. Joe, hello, how are you? I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. Well, you've been quite busy recently, which is why we haven't recorded this, because we spoke a long, long time ago. And you said, hold on, I need to disappear for a while. I'll be back. Yes, I did. I needed to get in my car with my paddleboard and travel the country. And I needed to focus. My brain was just pretty full. Um, And so, yeah, I wanted to be able to actually share what I was doing rather than what I was planning on doing. So tell me, what have you been doing? So since we last spoke, I have launched a book, probably also, you know, uh, promoted and launched my my podcast and my book and a film. So, yeah, it's been a busy time. I've launched a book uh, called Stand Up Paddleboarding in Great Britain, Beautiful Places to Paddleboard in England, Scotland and Wales. And it has its first month birthday on Thursday. So tell me, paddleboarding, where did you start? I started in the Lake District on Derwent Water on the 24th of September 2016. I had injured my knee earlier in the year and I'd found prior to that exercise had really helped my anxiety, my grief about my mum, my menopause. And so not being able to exercise or simply move was really making a difference. And my mood sort of dropped, my spirits dropped. And as my knee started to heal, I set myself a challenge to spend 30 minutes a day outside moving. And I called it Rain or Shine 30. And for most of the time, it was just simply walking. But then I set myself this um, challenge to go and have a paddleboarding lesson in the Lake District just to see if it would be something I would enjoy. And the minute I stood up, I just knew that this was something really, really special. And I looked out onto Derwent Water and I thought, wow, this is extraordinary. I don't know how it's going to play out in my life, but it's extraordinary and I want to do it again. And I, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. And when you say do it again, what does that actually mean? I wanted to buy a board. I wanted to get out on the sea. I just wanted to get that feeling. As I, I say always that it was the first time in months that I felt like a warrior, not a worrier. Um, and I feel that every single time I go on my paddleboard, there's just that sense of it's calm confidence. Um, it feels like my my worries float away and I just feel stronger and more able. And the chances are that you are because of all the work that you've done traveling around all these wonderful waterways of the of the Great Britain. Yeah. Yeah, I probably am. And 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 I can draw upon that experience now. It's It was an amazing experience to, to take my board, take my notebooks around the country last summer 
And yeah, I can draw upon that and know I had a really strong reason to write the book. And with the book having come out and with some of the feedback coming through, that why has been realized. And so right now I just feel a huge sense of gratitude and some confidence that I stuck to my stuck to my guns that I wanted a book of this type to come out and that is making a difference. And who's the book for, Joe? The great question. The book is for people who have started paddleboarding recently, people who want to start paddleboarding and people who want to paddleboard in different places. I think as paddleboarders we can we can get used to one place and we're not sure about other bodies of water, what we can do, what we can't do, things we need to look out for. And also I think it's a book I have lots of readers who aren't paddleboarders and they'll never be paddleboarders. But what they've said to me is that it's great for walkers. You know, they I've located interesting places. They might go as walkers, but it's also great for people who just want to think that maybe in later life you can find joy and adventure and hope after a time of feeling quite broken. And people who just want really interesting stories about really beautiful places. So and that I knew that that would spill out. I hadn't really thought about the walkers, I must admit, but I knew that the audience wouldn't always just be paddleboarders and that there would be a wider audience who just wanted to feel like they wanted to know our countryside more and feel uplifted. So, yeah, huge honour. And what surprised you about this whole adventure? Gosh, good question. I was coming out of lockdown as we did, I was surprised how my confidence had been knocked. I don't know if any of your other guests have, have felt that, but, you know, I lived alone for lockdown two and three. I was launching my podcast, launching the film. So I had that connection. They were real creative lifelines, which, you know, I know you'll understand that doing the work that you do, these lifelines where we're having conversations and we're sharing conversations and podcasts have become my way of having sort of people in the room. And so I launched my own podcast. So I was surprised by how my confidence had been knocked as I came out of lockdown. But then I was just surprised by the sheer beauty of the places I visited. I shouldn't be surprised by the kindness of people, but I was overwhelmed by that. And I think I'm surprised, slightly surprised myself that I did it. <laughs> you know, slightly surprised that I pushed on through with all my doubts and all my worries and all my anxieties that I pushed on through and I kept to my word and that something so beautiful has come out of it when if I'm honest at, at the outset I started to wonder whether it was possible because of you know we were in lockdown how can you write a travel book when you're in lockdown and with all of this Joe, you have shown that it's possible to work through the restrictions that you were dealt with and to face that, as you mentioned, the grief, the anxiety and the menopause, you know, lots of things at play here and and recovering from a an injury as well. So you've got a huge variety of, of challenges that you're facing. Mm. Was it the water? Was it the exercise? Was it the freedom? What was it that gave you the inspiration to do it, but also the 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 courage to continue mm. gosh your very questions are so good what I think I think all of them I think 
I think the water helps. I think the movement helps. I think the feelings I have when I'm on the paddleboard really help. But I think there's also that sense that, so I'm 57, that you come to a stage in your life where you think, I can't keep wanting to do something and being too scared to do it. I just can't keep allowing that fear of what other people will think, of whether it's good enough, of how I will do it to stop me at least trying. And I found that when I paddleboarded coast to coast in 2019. And what I always say about that was that when I set out to do that, my primary focus was to get to the start line. You know, once I got to the start line, I knew that there was an element of half the, you know, a lot of the work is getting to that start line and then you just execute the, the adventure. And I think that that adventure and then our subsequent film, Brave Enough, A Journey Home to Joy, just made me understand that you just need to take that first step. You just need to be courageous for a little while and take that first step and and go for it. And so there was all the things you said, the water, the freedom, the paddleboarding, the movement. But there was also that deep underlying sense of life is short and precious. It can turn in an instance if you've got a dream. If you've got an idea, just give yourself the chance to realize it. Because so many of us don't. So many of us are so afraid. And I think the pandemic has made people a little bit more afraid as well. And if I can show somebody that this is what I did, I never set out to say, if I can do it, you can do it, because that's deeply presumptuous of me, um, because we don't know what other people are going through in their lives but if I can say, this is what I did and this is what I learned, and maybe you can translate some of that into your life in your own way, then that would be a huge honour you know, on my part. And I would be feel really privileged to have done that. But it was just taking that first step. And I, I have a, a quote from a film called We Bought a Zoo, where the character says, I don't know if you know, you're smiling, so maybe you know it, where he said, you just need. 20 seconds of insane courage, of embarrassing bravery. And I think most of what I did last year, writing the book and traveling the country was just lots of 20 seconds of insane, embarrassing bravery. You know, just 20 seconds piled on and piled on and piled on. And every time I wanted to do something and then felt too scared, I would just say 20 seconds, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> I love that. And you said the journey home to joy. What does home mean to you? The home I was coming back to was myself. Yeah, myself. I mean, I did it in Yorkshire, which is my home, on the water, which is my home. But the home I was coming back to was that young woman who felt like she could conquer the world, that had all these environmental um, hopes and dreams and 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 someone who felt like, she was proud of herself. I think life can, you know, knock you. You can feel that choices that you made weren't the best. You know, I'm divorced, I'm a single mum. You you sort of think maybe some of the choices I made weren't weren't the wisest. Um and coming home to a sense of joy, bravery, but also retrospectively, yeah, a sense of, of pride that, you know. In some way, I've, I've, I've come back to that young woman that felt that she could make a difference in the world. So stopping 
from trying to worry or stopping from worrying about what other people are thinking about you and and just doing this and and putting all those 20 seconds together (laughs) what was the initial drive and what is the next project oh so the initial drive for the book was I have paddleboarding has changed my life you know I have found joy I have found courage I have found a way through some of my anxiety my menopausal symptoms, I've found friendship, I've been on adventures, I've seen the most incredible things, and I felt that sense of courage and and accomplishment. And I came from quite a broken state, in a sense, with sort of, you know, miscarriages, divorce, my mum dying, the menopause, just juggling all the things as a single mum. And at times I felt quite broken. And I've come to a point where I just feel a little bit more whole again. And I wanted other people to know that experience, that if in case they were feeling that way, that there was a way that they could find joy and adventure and hope and confidence. So that's always been the primary reason that I do anything, which is to say there is a chance that you can go from broken to feeling more whole and feeling more the possibilities of life again and feeling that joy when for so long joy seemed to have eluded me. So that's my main motivation for writing the book. Um, And then within that, there's also, we just have such wonderful places. I wanted to share the wonderful places that we have on our doorstep. I wanted to share the paddleboarding community, which is so lovely. And I wanted people to feel that they belong on the water and feel welcomed by the community. And I wanted a strong environmental and a strong safety message too, because paddleboarding is a sport that is growing rapidly. And and sometimes some of the safety elements have, you know, slightly gone awry. And so I wanted all those things. And I felt, and I know this sounds, maybe sounds a bit odd, but I thought someone's going to write a book. You know, we have very few paddleboarding books, very, very few someone's going to write this book <laughs> and I want it to be me <laughs> in a selfish way. You know, I want it to be me. I, you know, I want these elements of it to be written as part of a travel book. I don't want it just to be, it's really beautiful at this beach, turn left, turn right. Here's the car park. Here's the cafe. I wanted it to be more than that. Those books are great. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm just saying that I wanted this book to happen. And I thought, what if I one day go into a bookshop and see a book that's been written and I think, oh, I missed the boat? Because so many times in my life, I felt I've missed the boat. I had a great idea. I didn't have the courage to to proceed with it. And then, you know, someone else executes it in a different way. And you think, oh, you know, what they're doing is great. But I, I didn't have the courage to do that. I just didn't want that to happen. So with this, Joe, I'm hearing that you you said you came back to yourself that that was your journey to to home were you alone on this journey I mean you must have had people filming you but did you feel alone or did you feel surrounded by support how did you feel both I had times where I did on 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 the paddleboarding coast to coast there were times I was physically alone and there was times when I was alone in the sense of I had to wrestle with moments of self-doubt when things went wrong when I didn't think I could do it 
you know, you are alone with your thoughts at three o'clock in the morning thinking, what have I set myself up to do here? I'm the first woman to do this. Only one person has done it before. The weather is appalling. There is weed on the canal. I I don't know if I can do it. And in those moments at three o'clock in the morning, you are alone and you just have to wrestle with that, that thought. At other times, I have felt really surrounded and writing the book, lots of people wanted to be part of it. And I've been overwhelmed by their kindness and generosity. So there's been moments of, of loneliness, aloneness and loneliness indeed, and moments where I felt really surrounded by other people. Launching the film with Frit, the filmmaker, there was a sense of real teamwork, which I really needed in lockdown because I felt quite alone living on my own. So it's a mixture of both. And I'm quite an introvert. So for me, that's enough. You know, I don't need it always to be with people. I, I like the lonely. I like the moments where I'm on my own and I'm happy. That makes me feel like, yeah, if I can be happy and on my own, I've cracked it. I love that. And you mentioned at the beginning that you've realised your why. Mm. Tell us more about the, the purpose piece. It's It's that sense of... Life is short, life is precious, it can turn in an instance. And I know that by sharing my story, other women particularly have said, oh, I thought it was just me. You know, the, the conversation around the menopause in particular has just massively changed in the last eight years. What was, you know, we, you know, only eight years ago, it was still seen as a real taboo. Now, People will talk about it, you know, in the press, on TV. I've had conversations at work with people, you know, I don't feel embarrassed to. And I feel if I can, but there were, there are younger generations who maybe aren't, aren't yet at that stage. So if I can share my story, it can help other generations coming through and help other women to say, okay, this is, I need to be forearmed, forewarned. I can make a difference. I can look after myself. And if you can share your struggles to help someone else, then that's part of life, isn't it? That's the legacy that you can leave, even if it's just one person. And what about the the film? Where, who's going to? When is that going to be launched? Is it launched already? Or, or? yeah, yes. Yeah. So we launched it in two thousand and twenty one. We had four online screenings that sold out, a press screening, and we've had some screenings in person. Um, Al Alpkit, the Adventure Clothing Store, have did a lovely screening. And Canal and River Trusted, and now you people can buy it online, either rent it or buy it. So in the comfort of their own home, they can actually watch it, which is lovely, and it makes it worldwide. So you know, I've had people in America, in Australia, watch it, which is extraordinary. Amazing. And where's the best place for them to find that, Joe? That's on Vimeo. So if they just put Vimeo Brave Enough, it should come up. Brilliant. And Brave Enough. What does Brave Enough stand for? It's comes back to that 20 seconds you don't have to be completely super duper confident brave you just have to be brave enough to take that first step and then the next step and the next step and that's what I keep telling myself you just have to be brave enough to make that call to write that email to ask that person if they'll look at the book to contact a bookshop so I went into a bookshop recently and and just said this is a book I've written your town is mentioned in it. I'd really love to do a book 
talk and signing and festival and the lady behind the counter went to get the manager and in that moment I was like oh my gosh what am I doing why am I doing this you know this is scary I feel sick let me just run away now <clears throat> and she came down and she went oh I follow you on on Instagram I love your story yes definitely thank you yes definitely let's let's book something let's make something happen and and that's it it's just being brave enough to walk through the door you know, pick up the phone and say, yes, please. Can I come on your podcast? Can I accept that invitation to do a book festival, even though I've never done one? How do I do it? So, yeah, just being brave enough to take that next step and then the next one. And if you'd known, Joe, 10 years ago that this is what you would be doing, what, <laughs> what would the, the, the version of Joe then have thought of all of this? Oh, gosh, I think she would be a little bit shocked. No, I think part of her would be shocked. I think the part of her that life had sort of, how would you say, thrown difficulties at would be shocked. And she would say, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't have the confidence. I don't have the skill. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I think the little part of me who remains, you know, the 10-year-old girl, the 24-year-old woman would probably say, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that's the coming home. That's the coming home. You know, they would say, yeah, I can see that happening. The 47, 48 year old would say, I just need to sort of sort the boys out and do my job and clean the house and get the tea on. And then I'll listen to you. But right now I've just got too much on and I just don't think I can do that. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there'll be people out there right now who, who are living that entire life and just saying yeah. oh it's all very well for joe but yeah. i've got this this and this you had those things yeah and and you could you could you have found the capacity at that time do you think in all honesty i don't think i could i mean i often talk about the fact that so often i would come home from work bring the boys home and at about eight you know do the tea help with the homework and about eight o'clock i'd realized that i'd had my tea had my dinner and i was still wearing my coat you know, I hadn't. I don't think I did have, have the capacity to, if I'm honest. But I also was very much of a generation that was taught, you know, children first, ch husbands first. Well, I didn't have a husband, so that was OK. But um, children first, children first. You know, your dream is really very much secondary. And so I had to work around that inbuilt idea that my dreams were important. And it was really only when my mum died and the menopause broke me that I then started to think I need to piece myself back together again and maybe my joy and my dreams could be part of the equation this time and I'm not blaming my children or anything it's you know they are and will always be my biggest priority my greatest adventure I've written that in the back of the book you know they know that but I do think that society should and I think is hopefully allowing women that that they're personal dreams and their personal joy is important and we need to allow them as mothers to and particularly single mothers to keep that keep that alive and I hope so I hope so and you mentioned you you've the, this lady in the bookshop had been following you on Instagram yeah. I mean yeah. it's lovely isn't it that you have all of these people unknown to you that are yes. following your journey yeah what does it mean to you to be as visible as that and from a global perspective sometimes it's lovely like on occasions like that it's lovely um 
and people will message and say, hi, Joe, can you help me with this? Or I've been experiencing this or, you know, out of the blue. That's lovely. Sometimes it does feel like I'm sharing too much, you know, and we all know social media is an insatiable beast. And, you know, the algorithm punishes you if you're not there all the time. And sometimes you just have to say, whatever, I have a life to lead. <laughs> so there's there's it. I, I'm lucky or not lucky. I don't get much trolling I don't I do get dms and I do get a few bits but not too much so I feel grateful for all the good stuff I feel like sometimes I have to stand back and just say I can't keep feeding this beast I just need to take time for myself but if I always just think if one with my own podcast my um measure of success uh, my paddleboarding podcast is if one person listens to that episode and goes out and thinks I'm going to get a lesson. I'm going to get my board out. I'm going to feel more confident on the water. I'm going to go for a trip that I wasn't going to go for. Then that's then we've created something positive and that's my measure of success. And so I bring that back down with my social media. If just one person feels a little bit better for having shared, having seen something I've shared, then the day has been a good one. Well, I, I've been really encouraged to get out and to try it because I've not tried paddleboarding before oh. and it sounds fantastic and hearing the seagulls in the background oh, oh my sorry. goodness I, I know I love it I love it because <laughs> I, I there's a strange draw isn't there or a wonderful draw of the sea yeah there is there is I have huge respect for it but I went out last week when it was just so beautiful and sunny and calm and I go to a beach that not many people can get to by walking and I pick up litter and I come back. And honestly, for me, that is one of the best feelings in the world, bringing litter home on my paddleboard. And what do you do with it? What, what, what happens next with the litter? So some I can recycle, bottles, cans. Others, it's just scraps of plastic. You know, you, it's just bits of torn up plastic. So recycle what I can. Um, I found a, a rugby ball, so I just put that really visible so people could you know hopefully somebody would come along and play with it things like that or if I find spades I'll just say would you like this <laughs> so anything that can be used again I try to and other stuff I just recycle but often it's just it's almost unrecognizable just rubbish that nothing can be done with it I was down at Lyme Regis a few weeks ago and it was interesting because they had a recycling area for children's toys for the beach. Yeah. And I thought that was a brilliant way so that yeah. you don't just get all the clutter on the beach. Yeah, exactly. And some people just seem to leave it like they've used it one day and they don't they don't think they'll use it again. And and yeah, that's such a good idea. Just spread that joy. And particularly with the cost of living, people want, you know, they can get it for free even better. And the other thing I saw on the beach was a whole load of litter pickers that you could mm -hmm. just take and go off and do your litter picking and then come back. And yeah. it, what a fantastic idea. Yeah, um, I'm an ambassador for the Two Minute Beach Clean Foundation and, and that's something they encourage. And I see more and more people doing it. I think that's one thing definitely that's a positive. I see more and more people taking the litter pickers and, and, and bringing their stuff back. So, yeah. So with the environmental dream, what's what's the plan there, Joe? What is it you want to change the world with? <laughs> um, again, I'm I I'm all about the little things. So for me, if I can just keep asking people if they can just to take two minutes each day to pick up litter and to think about their own environmental usage, their use of single use plastic, and just keep doing something each day. I, I pick up litter each day, I share that on my social media. 
and if I can just encourage other people to do it um, and just think about their impact on the world. So, yeah, I'm all about lots of people doing a little bit imperfectly rather than being one perfect superhero myself, which I know I'm not. Well, it's, it's, it's not sustainable, is it, to be no. to be that superwoman? We all know that that does not work and uh, will end in a burnout for sure. Yeah. Joe, my goodness, what an incredible journey you've been on. I, I can't wait to hear what what happens next. <laughs> how can I follow you on Instagram, but how can other people find you? Is that the best place to go? Yeah, Instagram's a good place. So Instagram and Twitter, I am at healthy happy 50. So 5 at the end. And my website is joemosley.com, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y.com. I'm sporadically on Facebook um, and obviously my podcast as well, The Joy of Surf, the Paddleboarding Sunshine podcast. But yeah, if you put Joe Mosley paddleboarding in, into Google, you, things might come up. <laughs> yeah, I do have other things in my life, but that does come up mostly. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Well, Joe, it has been an absolute pleasure and I am so looking forward to, to sharing your journey and continuing following your journey because it, it's very exciting. And my goodness, who knows where you'll be in 10 years time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Have you got some final words for the audience, please, Joe? Good question. I would just say, just think of those 20 seconds. Just think if you want to do something, just to be brave enough to take 20 seconds to, even if it feels embarrassing, even if it feels like it's beyond you, just take 20 seconds. You just don't know what will happen. And it, something great might come, something might not. But if you've done it once, you can do it again and something magical might just happen. And just to be brave enough, you don't have to be brave. You just have to be brave enough to take that next step. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.